0: <laughs> What's up? I like that Mickey Mouse thing you got there.
1: All right, all right. Thank you for tuning in to episode four of The Wall Space Station. I'm your host, Jordan Gia, the founder and CEO of Wallspace. Today on the show, we have Allie Grime, hailing from Denver, Colorado, talking to us today about AR, her style, NFTs, and digital art. I met Allie at Crush Walls Festival this past year. Blah and blah. And just to give you a quick update on the Wallspace platform, we are still launching on March 30th. We are today adding more listings than ever and are super excited to launch and provide artists with a platform to create art.
0: Yeah, so uh, my, my name's Ali Grimm. I paint under the name A.L. Grime. Um, and I am a multidisciplinary creator. I do digital work in Photoshop and After Effects. I paint murals. I do canvas work. I do illustration. um, Pretty much everything across the board, uh, all within this kind of like techy, futuristic, glitchy style. Uh, Yes. Yeah.
1: That's me. Yes. So, uh, what got you into? When did you sort of uh, choose that style? If you if if you're going to categorize as as glitchy, which it definitely um, it definitely shows. You know, that's that's how I would describe it as well. what made you start with that, you know, style?
0: Yeah, so um, a while, so I, I got started in the music industry. Um, I was like curating stages and uh, doing a lot of art curation for electronic music events. So I think that a lot of the influence from electronic music definitely carried into my artwork and just the style of like the visuals that I was seeing all the time. Um, And I started kind of painting something a little different. I studied with the Greys and Amanda Sage, who are from New York. Also, they're visionary artists. So my artwork started more in the visionary space. Um, And then I did an Inktober, that like monthly ink challenge one year. And Mm. I just fell in love with black and white, just using only pen and ink. And that's how I started to, with literally just like a ruler, and a pen I just started practicing how to glitch things out just kind of like by hand and that was kind of the first baby step into the style that I'm doing now
1: I could definitely see now that you say that you were in the music industry I could definitely see you as like the video backdrops of like a Travis Scott concert
0: wow that would be goals Travis Scott is the coolest
1: right (laughs) that would be that would be amazing I'm just thinking about like you you because i've always said like every time i've gone to like maybe eight of his shows yeah about eight of them just moshing and like raging in the mosh pit but when i go there i've always said like he has sick visuals so the background's always like like if he's doing like rodeo whatever there's always like a black horse like like Galloping, you know, like a stallion galloping in the back. I'm like, oh, this is so like so crazy. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I could definitely see that.
0: He does lots of like, um, crazy effects and stuff in all of his videos too that are so cool.
1: Yeah. Oh wow. Oh my god. If you ever got into that, like if you ever did that, I would be <laughs> so happy for you. Anyone who I know, I, I, my buddy works at um Live Nation. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask him, like, yo, what would I have to do to get this done to get this done? Cause that would be sick. Wow. Yeah,
0: yeah. I would um be-
1: okay so um getting into that then what made you get into uh the ar
0: so how did um, that come about i was painting murals um well i think i was i was seeing a lot of artists like start to introduce it this uh graffiti artist bond true love um he uses ar in his pieces i saw one of his like um he does like paper collages also i saw one of those at a gallery here in denver where I'm living now and got introduced to it that way. And then, you know, within the music space that I was part of, we did a lot of projection mapping. Like I was building a lot of stages for projection mapping, playing with holograms already. So I was like halfway there in terms of that. And I was working with a lot of VJs who were teaching me a lot about the tech side of things. And then I started to learn about holograms and then slowly augmented reality came into the play into the mix Um, and I got into it really slow like I took a lot of time kind of just learning about it and seeing it and then I started to see artists using this app called Artivive that I use now um, where you can create your own um, augmented reality and just upload it and you just use the app to integrate it so I think finally one day it just kind of made sense to start trying and my first couple were like really bad they were pretty embarrassing, but like the first time you do anything, it's okay for it to be a little embarrassing. (laughs) So, um, I went slow with it. And I think now, like, as I've used it more, I'm just seeing all the ways that it can just take art to a new level and, and bring it to life in new ways that projection mapping used to, but now it's handheld and it's not tied to a projector and a giant computer.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, um, like so i was meeting with a developer early this morning and um he was very interested in like i was just showing him a bunch of different you know artists of different styles um and then he asked me um dude um he said to me does anyone do anything 3d and i was like I was like, oh yeah, you got to check, you have to check this out. And then I showed him your page and I showed him the, like what you did at, um, at crush. And then the video I took when I was at, um, ABV gallery and, um, yeah, he was just like blown away. He was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. He, hey. he, he's, he's never seen that stuff before. Um, but I was like, yeah, imagine this. Cause, uh, he has like this huge building in, in, uh, Connecticut that he's building. And he's like, uh, I would love to do something like just over the top, like super edgy, mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, imagine like people walking down the street and just like kind of pointing like, your their phone up to your building, and it just being like super three D, like you know something popping out." And he was, I, don't know, I sold him on the idea. So let's see what happens. But um, yeah, it's just like down the line. Let's just hopefully, hopefully, um, that's like a July project. But cool. Anyway, um, okay. So. Um, who- do we touch on your inspirations?
0: Not yet. I have so many. Oh, okay.
1: So, all right. So who are your inspirations and um, who are the people that have really inspired you over I, the years?
0: I have a million because I think because I'm self-taught, I've just absorbed anything that is in the universe within my reach. I've just like absorbed it and then put it back out. But um, Alex and Allison Gray and and Amanda Sage, who had that workshop that really taught me how to paint. The whole visionary art scene has been really inspiring for me, just in terms of believing that weird art could succeed. There was a lot mm-hmm. of while where I didn't actually, like, share any my work with anyone because my work was really weird and I just felt like it couldn't happen. And then when I started to see <laughs> this very out there psychedelic art, I was like, okay, like, if these people are doing it, then I can do it too. And um, Android Jones as well. Um, really inspired me to just push. Android Jones, um, he's a, a digital artist. Um, does a lot of stuff for Burning Man, um, and he. Okay. But his stuff is so out there that I was like, okay, like if this guy is doing it, I can do it. Um, in terms of my style, I think Pantone pretty easily reads across the very like graphic style that I do. He inspires me so much, and not just like in terms of aesthetic, but in terms of how he's built his career. Like he's such an innovator and every time he does a new project, it's so much bigger than the last one. And so he's really inspired me to just push the boundaries and to think of art outside the box of art and what it can do and what it can be. Um, Vils and Georgia Hill in terms of like black and white and that very like graphic style definitely inspired me to push what I do. I'm super inspired by like anime and manga and all of that stuff. I like am a nerd. So I was very into like computer stuff and anime.
1: So we We both are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so I just loved that um, anime had such a deep story and that people were really connected to a storyline. So I've always tried to pull that into my work and really push and tell a story in my own work. And I think kind of the choppy feel of my work is almost comic booky, y um, where there's like different, scenes almost just because i'm right. so inspired by um junji ito and all these other like japanese artists that are really pushing that kind of style
1: um where's the oh, i want to ask you about where you traveled to, to but um you touched on before oh, oh um who is the character in your in your work like who's the face is that you
0: um no they they are never me and i i will paint I myself know. one day but um, they are sometimes,
1: Yo, Allie, let me just close this. Cause I'm, I'm picking up too much of the street. Yeah, you're good. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. Okay. Uh, yes. Who is the Not your uh, character in your, in your work?
0: So I think, uh, I've always been really afraid to paint myself. I think that's just like a me thing, but, um, the, I paint predominantly women who I either see myself in or who I wish I could be more like. Um, so really powerful women who I see as confident and who I see representing strength or who are active in their community for crush walls. I painted Sorok, um, who's been a huge inspiration. She just is so powerful and, goes about uh she carries herself with so much dignity that i think she really commands respect like there there is no disrespecting her because she's so confident so proud of herself and so painting her was an honor because that that's like who i wish i could be a hundred percent and
1: okay well i want to say i oddly enough and i had a feeling you were gonna say this but to me, now that, like, we, we, you know, we've been chatting for months now, you come off, like, that confident.
0: Thank you. I, I try. And you,
1: and you probably, you probably, <laughs> you know, you probably, like, you know, don't see it yourself. Because I'm the same way. Like, I, I, one of my friends is every time we someone asks me about what I'm working on, I just say, like, oh, I'm just building a site. She's like, no, you got to say, like, you're building a platform for all these artists. For all the, and, I'm you know, I dumb it down. Like, cause, again, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't want to be, like, too much, you know, too, too, like over the top and I'm, I'm just trying to be humble but um yeah for if, like, just to go back to you you come off now like super confident and like very sure about who you are and like the work that you put out um, and that's just i don't know i just want to point that out like i noticed that um which is it's yeah, for sure yeah
0: i think um over time i've slowly begun to harness the energy of all these women that I paint. Um, And, and I have done some stuff like that as men, I've, I did a piece of killer Mike uh, a while ago um, that was, was commissioned, but was also super empowering. Like he's such an awesome person goes about connecting with his community in just like a way that's not like telling people what to do, but rather like being a family, like pulling a family together. And, and I love that. I think, especially in the last year, like there are ways that we can express ourselves that divide people. And there are ways where we can just call people in and be like, yo, we got to be like connected on this for this to work. And so absolutely. I think, you know, that piece I made kind of an exception. I usually turn down commissions when they ask me to pay men, but um, that one, just like for uh, random reasons, if it's, unless it's someone like powerful, they're like, this means a lot to me. If they're just like, like I had, an influencer hit me up to paint him and I was like, I'm good. So this is like, I don't do that.
1: Cross Crosses that request yeah. <laughs> to ask you to paint me.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't think that that's for me, but you know, if it's someone that's like inspiring to you and has touched your life in a way, then of course, like I'm happy to bring that to life because that's what art is about. Art's just about keeping the inspiration train going, getting people right. to understand a new point of view. And so if that's the message, then I'm totally down.
1: Nice. Um, let me see. Okay, we're at nineteen. Um, okay. Uh, let me see what else did I want to touch up on. We did the AR, we did inspiration. Um, are you born and raised in Colorado?
0: No. So I'm actually from Venezuela. My parents are Venezuelan and Chilean. Um, and we came to the US when I was pretty young and lived in Colorado for a moment in a We'll call it a non-inclusive part of Colorado. So then I moved Mm -hmm. to Washington, D.C., which was the opposite. Literally a melting pot of every single culture in the world, all in one place. Um, Mm -hmm. And I moved here like four, three years ago. Um, Okay. Just because the art scene was a little bigger, but I literally loved living in D.C. My elementary school was a school with (laughs) all the kids of the ambassadors so almost no one actually spoke English as a first language and you know my two best friends were the daughters of the ambassador from Turkmenistan and the ambassador from Korea so it was like super diverse and I got to learn a lot about how other people think at a really young age which I think was a blessing that I'm realizing now like the world really, most people in our country don't really get that experience where
1: right, right. they're just
0: always in front of a culture that I don't want to say makes you uncomfortable, but makes you think outside of your own box. And so I'm really grateful that at a young age, I was taught to think outside of what I know. Um, and yeah. then I moved to Colorado a few years ago just because the art scene here is so powerful and strong and there's a lot of people that support it. Um And I knew that if I came here, I would be able to learn what I wanted to learn and be able to be a part of a community that would support me as much as I support them. And in the last like year and a half is really when I figured out my style and how I've been like growing and and Mm -hmm. I owe it all to the community that I have here, the people that have taught me what they know. Um, and the patrons that exist here that support people early in their careers and understand that it's an investment, not just in that person, but, you know, that they're really getting something that's special and unique. And it tells a story right. of that person.
1: Yeah, I, um, I, I kind of noticed that as well when we were in um, Denver and just kind of embracing Rhino, you know, Rhino made it to me, made me feel super, super special and like welcomed about. You know their whole culture and their, and and their community. So, uh, I could I see what you're saying, and I think it's 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 a great place to live, especially when you're you know really growing and you know developing and you know learning more about yourself and your style. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't live in Denver, um, where would where would be the other place that you probably would have lived, or war? Mm-hmm. Sh- or I should ask you as well, where are you gonna move to next?
0: I want to move to Berlin. I think COVID really halted a lot of the travel plans that I had to go to Europe last year and this year. Um, And then now with this new shift into the digital world, I'm slowing down and kind of planting myself for a moment. But the long-term goal is to move to Europe, I think. Um, I'm really lucky that my grandparents are Italian, so I can get the EU passport and have dual citizenship so that you know, if I wanted to live and work there, it would make it a little easier for me. Um, but um, yeah, I think Berlin is definitely at the top. The street art scene there is crazy. I think uh, yeah. that I just love the German aesthetic. It's so clean and like sharp. And I'm from the East Coast. so I'm very blunt and like to the point and German people are very direct and to the point. And so right. I've always just like, looked at berlin as like the the end goal of where i'd like to go
1: okay let's discuss the nft craze i want to hear about like how you start how you're getting you know into it um i want to hear about how you're getting into it um when did you really kind of you know become interested did someone talk to you about it um because i noticed that you were doing all of your research and you know and i started doing my research going down these rabbit holes so um yeah let's just discuss that a little bit because i think it's gonna be really cool all right so uh i do want to touch on you know your your nfts well not your nfts how should i say this um okay i want to discuss nfts and street art and artists so if you can Tell everyone what NFTs are, and then um, how you are incorporating them into your work.
0: Totally. So an NFT is a non-fungible token. It's a certificate of authenticity for a digital asset. Um, Pretty much the same as buying a painting and getting a certificate of authenticity, but for a digital anything. Right now, the boom is happening with art, and now it's like moving into music. It's happened super quickly. Um, we're seeing finally like people that have been digital artists for a long time and who really have only had a market for client work can finally make money for themselves and be able to do the artwork that they love and also just gain respect as artists. Like I, I even talk to a lot of my friends who are physical artists in terms of like muralists or painters and they still don't really want to acknowledge that these people that are making art on their computers are just artists. They're just working in a different medium. Um, So it's been really cool to watch just to see how we're changing the landscape of things. Um, And another really cool part about it is that the artist collects royalties on every sale after that. Um, So the, the transactions are recorded on, the blockchain transactions happen in ethereum which is a cryptocurrency and every time that you know code transfers to another person's wallet the artist receives a small portion of that standard is about 10 percent, which means that for the lifetime of that piece an artist is able to collect wealth off of their art being redistributed which has never really happened before um like there's- finally
1: can finally this can this can happen
0: Oh, yeah. Even like, you know, with major art houses and like the Christie's and the Softbee houses of the world. A lot of those paintings are pieces that, you know, someone who passed away made and now they, you know, purchased it for, let's say, $200,000. They're selling it for 10 million. Their kids aren't getting any of that. Their family never gets to see any of that wealth. So in my mind, the the NFT is like the main takeaway is that you're creating generational wealth. Not just for yourself, but for your family. That's money you can pass down to them and leave as a legacy forever.
1: Yeah, um, are you gonna start doing it with every one of your pieces?
0: No. So um, I'm I'm moving pretty slow. I I design all my work, even my physical work, in Photoshop before I make it. So I've always been primary, like first a digital artist, and then I bring it into the physical space but I don't I do think that we need to mint every single thing. I think Uh it's okay to kind of pace it and to know that some things are meant for a digital space, some things are meant for others. The same way the style in which I paint my murals isn't the style in which I present to galleries. My gallery work is a little bit more detailed, a little bit more um, colorful. My walls tend to be more black and white and have bigger patterns. They're a little bit more bold and graphic because they just read better on the street. So I have always known that even though my style is cohesive and it makes sense, there are certain tips and tricks and like techniques that I only use within one space. And I very intentionally create every piece for wherever it's going to be shown. So I think for people who want to enter the space and who are feeling overwhelmed by this huge craze, take it slow. Just get educated, understand that there is space for every type of art within NFTs, but then also take the time to understand like what does well within that market and then maybe make something particular for that. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, You can even like reconceptualize, like there's a couple artists, uh, Thank You X, who's a traditional painter on canvas and Jay and Silva, who does photography Mm -hmm. and they're doing collabs where it's, JN's photographs um, and then Thank You X is animating his paintings into like water or cubes or something and those that's animated into it. So his paintings become like a texture. So they are coming from the traditional space, a space that isn't super widely accepted or isn't widely distributed yet within the NFT space, but they're just reimagining how their art is presented. And so yeah. I really, anytime someone asks me like who's coming from that space, like what they should do, I always send them to their pages because I'm like, these people are doing it right. They're not doing a cheap version of what they already did. They're not just forcing all of their catalog onto the market. They're really taking time to show respect for digital artists by, you know, entering the space in a new innovative way that honors the fact that digital art is Innovative, and that it is important, and that it's just something new that people haven't quite adjusted to.
1: Um, <clears throat> I was on Rareables and what's the other site? Rareables and
0: OpenSea. Make think, this place w- Nifty Gateway.
1: Was, what's the last one? Nifty Gateway. Nifty Gateway. Um so uh but but i saw what i was looking on on rebels was uh, a lot of people making like just really um uh what's the word they were making their digital art but in very large quantities all right like for for you know for all these for whoever right um so I was doing research on that, and you know I think obviously the value of a of a one of one piece is gonna go, uh, is gonna have a lot more of a monetary value to it um, mm-hmm. versus like a guy who's making a hundred one a hundred of these you know digital characters. Um, so I think if if correct me if I'm wrong, but that's who you're referring to those people who kind of just like putting every piece out there and 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 pushing whatever or they have onto onto the marketplace. That-
0: That and people who literally are taking every single thing they've ever made and just putting it onto the blockchain. Gotcha. If that's a thing you want to do, like that's cool. It's the same thing I tell people in the physical space. Like I don't really ever make prints. I don't make prints on my paintings. If I do make prints, it's an original design. Um, And it's because I want those one of ones to hold that value. If you have a painting, you have the only one. And so I carry that same logic into the NFT space. If I want that one of one thing to have a lot of value. And I'm not afraid to not make enough money, quote unquote, from one thing. Like my process now is so streamlined and so quick that if that if this is how much that idea made, then that's cool. Like, I'll just make another one. My I know that my brain is so full of ideas that I'm not at a loss for potential to make money in the. Like, right. down the line. Right. But I, I also respect my collectors. And I want them to mm. hold on to something that's going to be worth a lot more down the road. So I'm not going to bastardize that by making a hundred of them. You know? You so, get that one.
1: Yeah. Right. 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 Um, so what I've been trying to... What I've been researching is finding a way where uh, we attach an NFT to a physical street, like a street mural. Mm-hmm. Um seeing how that would work with like property owners. So in the event when an owner does sell their building and that piece is essentially sold with the property that the artist collects a royalty, which would be a huge number. Um, So that's just something that I've been doing a lot of research on talking to a few people. Um, But that would be, that would be sick. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if you're getting, if you're going to do a piece on a, you know, on a big wall or it doesn't have to be a big wall, like a, a 12 by 12, at least you can hold that some value you know as the years go on especially if it's a you know Mm -hmm. let's just say like you know if if you're you know you are a big artist if you become even bigger and your price goes up even more once you get down like 20 years that piece is still there i think that should be worth i think that should be worth something even when the building trades
0: yeah totally and i think i think like for muralists too like what people need to, I think, wrap their head around to understand this space is that the reality we live in is not going to look like this for much longer. In five years, Apple and Google are relaunching Google Glasses. Within the next decade, we are going to see a, a, a global mixed reality where everyone is wearing glasses that give them an augmented experience. Yep. And so for a muralist, what I've been telling them is catalog your walls um, because there is something called the metaverse where people own property already so where your wall has where you painted a wall and it's on a building like you said that could one day get torn down you can now sell that mural to someone who's going to put it on their virtual house or their virtual building or their gallery and it can exist forever street art has this like um a quality of just not disconnect but it it doesn't last forever we know that it it is there for a moment and that's beautiful but we now have the opportunity to like save those things and memorialize them and then put them onto the digital space so that people can enjoy them forever and and that's a really cool new thing that we'll see even faster than the next decade with the speed that this is moving we're just at a place where the market is so much more advanced than the technology needed to show it. Like right now, people who own NFTs can really only see them in their wallet or on a screen. Um, But in the future, you know, with these like glasses or with other technology, you'll be able to have like LED panels in your whole room and your whole room will be an art gallery. Yeah, that's the future. So getting into it now is just you getting ahead of the market and being part of a market that exists before the technology is even ready.
1: Yeah. Um, damn, you mentioned something that I was just gonna, I was just gonna, um, touch up on. Um, it wasn't the augmented reality. Uh, it wasn't the glasses. I should have wrote it down. You said something. I'm trying to remember what, what, what you just said about, um, um, all right, I'll, I'll move on. But yeah, I think, I think there's, there's going to be, Oh, that's what i was going to say. Um, so when you're cataloging, when you know, when you're cataloging your, you know, these walls, you know, something that I really want to document and and do is you know, after we any any pieces that I come across or pieces that we, you know, facilitate um, you know, on on the you know, through wall space, I want to I don't want to just use like a regular camera to like, you know, to photograph it. I feel like you need like four or five angles, you know, so that mm-hmm. someone can get like like a like a, you know, uh, a radial view of the wall. Mm -hmm. Cause that's just something, again, that's just something different, but who knows like what we can use that with in technology in five years. Oh yeah, If if we're just using like a, like an iPhone, like, you know, straight shot photo, we can't, uh, you know, we may not be able to do much with it, but um, you know, you've seen those like the Google, um, like the map cars, you know, when they have like the Mm -hmm. 360 camera all the way around. So like something like that, where you could just really like, Get a really solid view and of of the entire wall, so that you yeah. know you can really capture it. You know, and who knows what we can use this this like this media for down the line. But yeah, um, totally. Yeah, that's pretty much the idea. Totally. All right, cool. Yeah, um, that was pretty much it. I I uh, I I'm trying to keep these, like I said, I'm trying to keep them um super short because you know they can go on for for so long. Well, the one yesterday was what you did like a two hour one on NFTs.
0: Yeah, NFT I some other stuff. I was just like, it was fun because it's my friend, but I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so long. <laughs> Who
1: did it. Yeah, yeah, no, I do. Cause sometimes like, even sometimes this, I'm like, I'm like, um, I'm gonna stop talking as much just so I can like realize like I'm why do I why am I talking so much about random shit? Um yeah, so in regards to just a little <laughs> more like what I've what I've been working on, yeah. Sometimes I'm just like going off on tangents. Um But yeah, so I know I sent you, I sent you that email yesterday, um, but it was just like, I'm just sending that out to people just to sort of, because I really thought that in the beginning artists were going to be like flooding to this, you know, with like Mm -hmm. all these paid opportunities, Uh, but essentially that was not the case. Um, so I'm just now just kind of doing like direct emails to a bunch of artists. Um, and just kind of like, you know, I'm getting more followers by the day, but I need more signups because I have projects now that owners are looking for artists for, you know, and like I said, we're, right now we're in, we're in 12 States and I have about 35 to 40 like paid opportunities, but I don't have, I'm just like right now I'm building this database of, of artists. So. Okay. Do you um,
0: want me to pass it on
1: to? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, know? yeah. I'll send you, I want to send you something to pass on um, okay. just because like I said, I have so many opportunities. I mean, these are like uh, a bunch of Atlanta. We're going to do this huge festival for, I have another festival that we're going to do in far walk away Queens. Um, and then all these other buildings that, you know, at least, you know, some of these are like five to $20,000 projects. And I just need to like plant, like match artists. And I, I don't want to do that personally. I don't want to be biased because like I would choose you over someone else, but like, I, I don't want to be the one person to like always choose you, you know, cause then you just right. get into like, Oh, well I'm, you know, so I want the owners to see, you know, the, all of these artists, like, you know, inspirations or concepts and, um, you know, that's the whole point of the platform to really save the owner time. And then you guys can cont- continuously get projects all over. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'll talk to you about it more in a little bit. Um, I was just, that's just why you got that random email from me yesterday. So. Okay. All right, cool. Thank you so much. I appreciate your yeah, time. You. I appreciate the time you took just to speak to me today. Um, and I'm excited to show you what we've been working on and, uh, get you hooked up on a project, you know, wherever you want to travel to next. So.
0: Okay. Sick. Yeah. It was nice to meet you and like face to face too. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. for, I I always forget that we actually never met at at crush. Uh, (laughs) so, um, but yeah, again, pleasure meeting you face to face. Uh, and thank you for your time.
0: Yeah, totally dude. Have a good one. Bye.